Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here. Uh, excited to bring you our last week of the RAD series that we've been going on this September. Um, so this whole series, we've been flashing back to the 90s. An era was everything um, was definitely interesting, to say the least. Uh, uh, all kinds of things, right, that were going different. Um, I'm going to start this week off with a phrase that I think we are all terrified, I guess, would be the right, correct word to hear. Uh, something that makes us all nervous when someone says it to us, and that phrase is that we need to talk. It's really the universal signal things are about to get tense, uh, whether you're hearing it from a parent, a friend, teacher, a boyfriend or girlfriend. It means that there is a conflict that needs to be resolved, is almost always the or what follows that phrase, right? Um, if you grew up in the 90s, um, there's one source you could always trust to help you resolve a conflict, and that was television. Uh, one of those shows was Saved by the Bell, for example. In this show, uh, it's about a group of high school friends. Conflicts always got resolved in 30 minutes or less. Uh, there's one episode in particular that uh, two of the characters that are friends, Zach and Slater, were interested in the same girl at the same time. Um, so, of course, what do they do? They try and sabotage each other's chances with her. Um, we're going to watch that clip in youth group, but you could probably find it on YouTube or something like that. Um, the episode's called The Fight if you really wanted to watch it. But it's a good example of friends that get into conflict conflict with each other. Um, maybe you've never been in a fight with your friend in the hallway over uh, a girl or a boy or whatever. Or maybe you have, um, but we all know what it's like to fight with other people. Um so think about this to yourself. Think about if these questions apply to you. Have you been in a fight recently? Are you fighting with someone now? Uh, in the middle of a fight, have you ever done something that you regret? Uh, which could go along with what we talked about last week and uh, words that we regret, things that we've said to people that we regret. And lastly, have you ever wished someone would just tell you how to resolve a fight peacefully? Uh, we all know what it's like to fight, but we don't always know how to make peace, right? So what is peace? How would you define that, right? Um, to you, maybe peace means quiet or calm or not fighting. Maybe you've experienced peace when you were somewhere quiet by yourself, uh, when everyone in your home was getting along or they were gone. <laughs> uh, when you or and your friend finally made up for a big fight. Peace is a great thing, but often we don't appreciate it until it's missing, right? Um, I mean, I can, I know from various times of my life, um, being in different fights with friends or whatever my, or arguments even doesn't even have to be something big. Um, my wife and I've never really had, um, like a big, big fight. We had little arguments here and there and that kind of thing. Um, um, that it just causes stress, right? It causes anxiety in your life when you're, um, when you're not at peace, right? When you're trying to resolve something and there's some sort of conflict in between you, um, it, it's just something that weighs on you all day, no matter what you're doing, right? Uh, so today we're going to talk about having fights and making peace because as we'll see, God has something to say about this. And I mean, it's pretty radical. And if you were here on Sunday, um, during our service, you heard Rob talk about this topic too. So you already have a pretty good understanding if you heard that, because we're talking about a very similar, um, idea. Um, but like we mentioned last week, there were a lot of people who thought Jesus was too radical for his time. Um, but 
And so that's like our 90s connection, right? In the 90s, rad meant cool, but its real meaning has to do with being different, revolutionary, and countercultural. What Jesus said about loving God and others was radical, and what he teaches us to do about peace um, is pretty radical as well. And so throughout this series, we're looking to the Bible for practical advice on how to change the world with God's radical love. And that search has led us to the book of James, which is where we've been reading out of this whole month. Um, so a couple of reminders that this book is a letter written by a guy named James, who is Jesus's brother. Uh, because James knew Jesus so well, it's full of very well um summarized portions of Jesus' teachings um, retold in James' own words. James is known for his straightforward instructions on how to follow Jesus, and these teachings might seem simple, but they have the power to create radical change. So let's say, let's see what James has to say about peace and about fighting. So we're going to start in James 3, verse 16. It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And then if we move over to chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Do you desire but do not have so you kill? You covet but you cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So, pretty straightforward, right? Pretty blunt. Um, James gets straight to the point here. So why do we fight with each other? Because we're selfish. The straight up, that is what James is saying, that we're selfish people. And he's right, right? Because we fight because um, selfish is the overall theme. But, I mean, number one, sometimes we're greedy. Uh, when we want what we want and when we don't get it we try to take it from others or punish them for not giving us what we want sometimes we're self-centered uh maybe we didn't mean to be selfish but we didn't really think about what we said or how it might impact someone else we were busy thinking about ourselves uh and lastly sometimes we're just defensive uh when we're hurt stressed insecure or feeling like things are out of control we often resort for to selfishness to try to protect ourselves um it's kind of like if you've ever been around like a wounded animal, um, lash out at others when we feel threatened and we may not intend to be hurtful, but when we're hurting, we often hurt others as well. Uh, for all humans, selfishness is a reflex. It, it doesn't really accomplish what we think it's going to. Selfishness doesn't keep us safe or get us what we really need or make our lives better. Instead, selfishness leads to fighting and damaged relationships. Um, and that's with others and our relationship with God as well. Um, so what's the alternative to selfishness and conflict? So James has more to say on this. So uh, James three sixteen through 18, finish what we, that verse that we started reading. So for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practiced. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So James calls us to be peacemakers. And it's really like, Rob used this on Sunday, but it's a it's an interesting word if you think about what this implies, right? It tells us that peace isn't something that happens accidentally. It needs to be made. It's not just going to happen um, by you waiting around and waiting for peace to just suddenly appear, right? Peacemakers implies action. Um 
It implies it's normal to see fighting and conflict as well because you can't be a peacemaker when things are already peaceful. Um, But it doesn't imply all conflict is bad or should be avoided. James didn't tell us to be peacekeepers who silence or avoid anything disruptive or uncomfortable. Making peace isn't the same as keeping peace. Uh, James also uh, helps us see how we might become peacemakers with wisdom that comes from heaven. I mean, does that mean that God is going to drop little peacemaking instruction manuals from the sky? No, it means God can teach us how to be peacemakers. So how do we do that? Number one, through the Holy Spirit who guides and empowers us. And two, through the words and examples of Jesus, who is God in the flesh. And so when Jesus was on earth, he did say a lot of radical things that we've been talking about. One of the most radical is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Literally a sermon he preached while standing on a mountain. So in this sermon, Jesus took the world's understanding of who God was pleased with and basically just flipped it on its head, right? Jesus often said things like, you've heard this, but I say this. So literally flipping the conventional wisdom that gave people a new and better way to understand loving God and loving others. So think back to that story we watched, or that little clip from the beginning that we talked about, um, Zach and Slater, or think back to the last fight you had at home or the fight you're in right now with a friend. Uh, You might think that winning that fight is the mark of success, and you might think compromise is admitting defeat, but listen to what Jesus has to say about that. in, we're going to read about that in Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So Jesus is telling us to be people who fight for peace instead of fighting for our own selfish interest. And when we do, he says that we'll be blessed and called God's children. And this is the opposite of what our human nature really is. We usually want what's best for us and we don't want compromise. It's the opposite of the world's understanding as well. We often celebrate strength and dominance and winning at all costs. And as a former athlete, yeah, absolutely, that's what the world teaches us. But Jesus and God himself shows us a different way. He didn't just talk about it, he lived it. When Jesus came to earth, his goal was to make peace between us and God. And he didn't do it by fighting with us. He did it by laying down his life on our behalf. I mean, can you imagine how your family and friends and school or even the world could be different if we decided to fight for peace with each other instead of fighting against each other? If we loved others more like Jesus loves us, the change would be absolutely radical. So do you want to see that radical change? Are you not sure what you think about Jesus? yet, but you know you want to see more good and less hate in the world, then James tells us how, and that is that radical people fight for peace. I mean, those those fights that I've talked about in my life, whether it be with um, friends or family or my wife, whatever it is, um, the, the common thing, the common solution, it's always communication. It's always bringing it up someone bringing it forward and then communication that follows to settle it. It never just goes away, right? Peace is possible even when it doesn't seem likely. Um, And it starts with that communication. So in a conflict, you can never totally control the outcome, but you can always contribute to making peace in some small way. So here's three ideas that'll help you get started. So number one, stop the drama and don't start it. We all start drama more than we care to admit. Our words, looks, 
actions, or inaction are all capable of hurting others and creating conflict. And what small thing can you do this week to be a drama stopper instead of a drama starter? Number two, build a bridge, don't burn it. When we're hurt or angry, we often want to hit back, take revenge, or end a relationship. When a relationship is unhealthy or abusive, walking away is probably the best thing that you can do in that in those specific situations. But most of the time, the more radical and Jesus-like response is to reach out instead of push people away. I mean, do you have any damaged relationships that you could that could be repaired by rebuilding a bridge you once burned? And these are relationships that you care about, right? These are parent. These are people that love you. It's in. There's no harm, right? There's no harm involved with you because that is a completely different thing. I want to make that clear, right? Um, number three. Uh, fight for others and not just yourself. Being a peacemaker isn't always about righting wrongs in your relationships. Sometimes it's about righting wrongs in the world. And we can be peacemakers by fighting for others who need help or support or a friend or an advocate. I mean, who, who's someone or something bigger than yourself you could fight for, right? There's all kinds of people um, that need an advocate, right? Uh, and lastly, make peace with God, not just others. So for the last few weeks, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time talking about how Jesus teaches us to love others, but don't forget about Jesus' most important goal, and that's to make a way for us to have peace with God. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, you and I have the opportunity to be close to God, even after our son, our, after our sin has separated us from God. If you don't yet have peace with God, you can find that peace through Jesus. If you do have peace with God, then making peace with others is one of the ways you can join Jesus on his mission of bringing heaven to earth. It's easy to fight for ourselves, but it's much more radical to do the difficult thing and fight for peace. And this week, I hope you guys do. I hope you learn that. Uh, for centuries, followers of Jesus all over the world have practiced a simple but very meaningful gesture. Um, I hope you guys can um, take on it's something it's sometimes called passing the peace um it's it's a multicultural gesture it's something that has happened all over the world right we reach out our hands to each other just like jesus reaches out to us we shake hands or hug to show, show each other that despite our differences we're still united and we say peace be with you have you ever heard anyone i mean it's kind of an older thing right we've heard whole older people in our church say that peace be with you uh, just like jesus said to his followers as a promise to each other that we'll fight for peace with each other instead of fighting against each other i mean as and as we wrap up this series i want to leave you with one last challenge when you leave uh your house today or uh, leave wherever you're doing, you're listening to this podcast, whatever it is. Um, will you decide to do something radical? Will you decide to love God and others better this week by listening more, not playing favorites, watching your words, and fighting for peace? 2,000 years ago, the world was changed forever when Jesus showed us how to love like this. Now, God's inviting us to continue changing the world by loving others with the radical love of Jesus. So, will you join Him? Thanks, you guys, for going through this series with me. It's been a lot of fun to go through the book of James and learn about uh, just all these different ways that Jesus affected the world and continues to change the world now. And I hope that you guys are inspired to uh, join Jesus on this mission of creating just radical change uh, in our world. With that, I'll see you next time.